From Breaking Bad to Calling Saul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chillin', watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into geek. We're talking TV. We're talking Marvel TV. That means Maddie Gibson's in the studio. My name's Mitch. What's doing? What's up? Talking Shield, episode eleven of season five. We're back to two thousand and eighteen. They've left the uh, apocalyptic future behind. They're back in twenty eighteen. A nice little uh, jumping off point or jumping back into point, I think, for our show uh, because. While it might not be in podcast time, but uh, it's been a few weeks since I've actually watched this show, and I think it's a good time. It's almost like a new, the new season, and the way that Shield goes, the new half of their current season. So they're back, and they've, of course, got new bad guys to fight, Maddie. But yeah, uh, but the same sets. Yes, just redressed, and they even yeah. they even sort of make light of that early on in the episode, don't they? Yeah, because like, and we mentioned it very early on. We we're like, is this what? What is the lighthouse? Where is it? Is that where they were when Fitz? And- yep, it yep. is. Same thing. So <laughs> they can reuse all the same sets, just just freshen them up a little bit, put a few more computer screens in there, and they're good to go. So this really opens up. I mean, once the, obviously they're back in, but we've got uh, I, I'm going to call her military mum. Uh, from that walks into her daughter's room at the start and starts asking you about you know taking away oh, screen the, time. Oh, weird the, general. Weird general, right? Now, I, I my eyes caught because Terry, when we were recording a uh, a DC TV podcast, uh, and currently Oliver Queen is on trial, and oh, what a shocker! <laughs> I mean, I was just going to leave it. Is he on trial for bad writing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the prosecutor is played by this real hard-nosed woman, and Terry said, oh, have you, how far along are you into S.H.I.E.L.D.? And I said, I'm a little bit behind. She says, well, the prosecutor plays a pretty significant role, and I kind of know a little bit more than I should at this point in watching S.H.I.E.L.D., but she said she plays a significant role. So I'm imagining that this is her, because she was quite a hard-nosed military mum, mm. and um, we'll get into her a, a little bit later on, because, yeah, she's got some things going on. Just a few little random bits and pieces. But uh, I like the uh, the re-entry of, uh, of the agents to the 2018 version of The Lighthouse. Now, most of them, have not been there before. Obviously, Fitzy, as I recognise this place, this is where I went to sleep, basically. Mm. But then, they, you know, they trigger some button and then on comes a 1960s, 1970s pre-recorded uh, hologram, almost, uh, video uh, from old school S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. And of, um, what's his name? Patrick Warburton. Yeah. So good. Rick Stoner, the name. But when Patrick, he comes up, he's like, how y'all doing? I'm like, why are we wasting you on what's going to be a throwaway role? Like, yeah. why can't we have you... Like, I thought, when I first saw him pop up, I thought, okay, great, he's going to be the next, like, Patriot-type character. Like, he'll be in it. No, Not a yep. lead, but he'll be in it. And then oh, I realised... Patriot it's a, seems like forever ago, doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't it what? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, I, you know what? When I said that, I'm like, please come up with the right name. And as I went to say it, Patriot popped out of my mouth. So, <laughs> I'm so glad that it, that I remembered him in time. But, uh, yeah, nice to see old Warburton just sort of rock in. So, I don't know what else he's making. And he's obviously on the ABC Studios lot. And they went, oi, oi. You'd be fun. 
you're like a cult hit. Come over here. Yeah, so, just in between recording sessions, the family guy. Yeah, that'd be nice. But anyway, so uh, Project Reclamation, I've written down. Obviously, that was what he was there planning for in that little recording bunker. I don't know where that's going to come into it because they definitely name-dropped Project Rock, uh, Reclamation wow. enough times for me to sit there and go, hang on, are, you, are, we, are we planting seeds here? What's, what's yeah, happening? But I feel like everybody who knows about the lighthouse is kind of in it now. Yeah. Like, I feel like, um, uh, was it um, Enoch kind of set up that nobody knew, anybody who knew about it was dead. Yep. And that's why he sent Robin there. Yeah. He's suddenly not there now. Yeah. Yeah. Where are they? I almost wanted Fitz to go over and see himself like asleep, you know, somewhere in like a, in, in some, you know, cryo coffin. That'd be cool. But didn't they say they took him on Enoch's ship and it's like in orbit of Jupiter or something like that? Oh, that's like right. That. Yeah. That's where he was waiting. Yeah. 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 But depending how far they came back, it's like they could have met up with, you know, as they were, who knows? Mm. But you'd think that that's where, where Robin and, and her mum would be. Yeah. So who knows there? I just found it very lucky that, in unlike the other um, monoliths where it's like you came through in the wave, mm. luckily this time they didn't come through in the wave or they would have been squished up in that like Perspex box that the yeah. monolith was in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that would have been kind of funny to see. They're yeah. all just like, you know, squeezed in there like Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure or something like that, just squeezed in there I'm like... Okay, fine. Even the way they did sort of come back from from the future, this like materialized. Mm. I'm like, well, that's cool. That's a different effect. But then you're right. You see all those other monoliths. And I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, we've got three more. We need yeah. to worry about like Seems are these safe storing them right next to each other. Nothing yeah, can go wrong there. No. no, I'm sure one you know is like the cure for the other one. Oh, so yeah, they they all like just blank the other one out. They all just it's it's like it's like the three starter Pokemon. One is good <laughs> against the other against the other, and they all just cancel each other out. Now we meet uh, another. Is it Chronicom? Chronicom. Um, Chronicom. Yeah, that uh, that Enoch was. We meet uh, Noah, and he's obviously a little bit more human-like than what Enoch was. I felt like that actor, obviously playing a different character of that alien species, but mm. he played it like you would expect an alien to play in a human body. And then Noah comes along, and it's like, yeah, he's, he's. It's like he's been hanging around with the kids a little bit more. Like he's a little bit more relaxed in the way that he spoke and mm. his language and all that sort of thing. But uh, it's almost like a redo of the first half of this season, where you've got the Chronicom, and you know they're in the lighthouse, and they've got you know threats, and they've got a monolith and and things. It's um, mm. it, but, then it it's, actually, but then it's a bit like, well, where was Noah? Before in rewind, yeah. where was he when you know when we all showed up when Enoch and and Fitz and and Robin and her mum all showed up? Yeah, where was he? And it seems, I guess, like a lot of time has passed between when they got taken away in the cafe from Enoch. Obviously, like it's pa- over six months. Like, yeah. it's got to be past when Fitz left. Which I th- did. I even did we speak about that. I want to say that I spoke about that a couple of podcasts ago. That when they go back, do they go back to the time when they disappeared? Yeah, or in showtime to go, well, we've been away for a little while, so we need to come back at that exact moment, you know, um, back in, in 2018. So maybe, we, like he said, Enoch sent me here. It's like, well, that's convenient because mm. Enoch's dead, but we need a chronicom, obviously. So maybe he's taken him to the moon of Jupiter. He's got on the wireless and uh, caught up one of his mates and said, come down here. Or seemingly that guy had to have been on Earth for Maybe not as long as Enoch, but he knows a lot about human history. Yeah, it's weird. And and the way it was kind of set up early on when we first met Enoch, it was kind of, it seemed like he was the only one. There's mm. just like, there's one on each planet, whatever. Then they're just chronicling everything that's going on. But it's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, why, why didn't they just keep Enoch? Yeah. Like. And I would have been fine with it. Had, yeah, had... it's fine. Like he didn't, like he didn't have to blow up. And the end of the last episode, he yeah. could have come through. Like in the same way that Zeke came through by mistake. Like Zeke was right next to yeah. Enoch. Yeah, yeah. 
And I know so that he was essentially the battery Enoch, but I mm. feel like they could have written around that, you know? God, he could have come through and be like the Terminator halfway through the film, like half his face is missing or he's sparking all the time. Imagine he's running. he was just like a head. Yes. Just like, and that that's all he was. And they, they carry him the... around in a bag, you know? That'd be brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Or they come back and they actually speak to the 2018 Enoch. Like he's already sent off fits to hang yeah. around the moon of Jupiter and he hang around, hangs around to help them, knowing full well in the future that he, you know, like he, he would yeah. then be in the future having the knowledge that they do survive and get back and he knows that... Oh. Yeah, like just before he's about to go and like take watch over um, Fitz's body, mm. like they they arrive and there's yeah. this weird like, what, huh? Yeah. yeah mine, mine snap. <laughs> Why not? Uh, then they, they sort of... I'm, I'm just sort of, you know, throwing a few details here that's not, you know, it's a bit nonsensical. What my, my notes, I was just, you know, writing while I'm holding a sleeping baby and I'm like, this is important to write down. But it was more like um, just little references here and that I'm picking up. Asgardian spotted in the city. And I'm like, ooh. Now, I don't feel like, this is, I think, Noah, you know, he's looking at the monitors he had up in the lighthouse mm. saying, we're monitoring the entire earth and a lot of shield stuff keeps popping up. Oh, look, Asgardian spotted in the city. And I thought, this show doesn't make that kind of reference without it being about somebody key. So if you say Asgardian, mm. naturally I'm thinking Thor. Because wasn't there, and then well, there was also, remember a couple of seasons ago, um, Tom yeah. McBeath. Yeah, they had that professor. Yeah. Yep. That and, grumpy uh, old guy, and he was very, you know, integral to the plot. Yep. The uh, Lady Sif uh, has obviously been a part of this. Now, she wasn't in Ragnarok. She's obviously somewhere mm. else not getting killed off in Thor 3. So I doubt that it's her, but my, my mind automatically goes to Thor. And then I'm like, oh, hang on, is this set then? Does this take this back and make it set, you know, in late 2017? Now, we, I think we find out they're actually in 2018. Mm. And Thor, well, I get, I get, no, Thor Ragnarok, if Infinity War is set when it came out, which I believe is the truth, then Ragnarok was only set within weeks of Infinity War, days, really, leading up to Infinity War. Like, all that shit went down, the, 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 the new Asgard gets attacked by Thanos at the end of... Thor Ragnarok slash start of Infinity War. There is a bit of a time gap in there because it's like Thor has time to clean up and change clothes and, you know, get into his you know, mm. black outfit and all that kind of stuff. So I think there is a bit of a time jump in yeah. there. But that wouldn't could, be a, wouldn't that be a long be a time. couple of days. It could be a couple of weeks. Yeah. So when I see Asgardian spotted in the city, I'm thinking, oh, is that... Is that when Thor and Loki are hanging out in uh, in New York you know, when they're going to find um, Odin and they get taken by Doctor Strange? Ooh, like, but then That's what, not a bad thought. Yeah. Because I know... Just having, you know, the the websites that I go to and stuff like that, I've tried to steer clear of spoilers, but I do know that the end of this season of S.H.I.E.L.D. does line up to Infinity War. Right, okay. Well, yes. So, so this or track... just prior to, like, I don't think there's going to be, like, a snap and a dusting or anything like yeah, that, no. but it does sync up very, very closely within a couple of days yeah. of um of what's happening in Infinity War. So, and... yeah, I didn't think of, yeah, them, them wandering around New York. May, I mean, maybe only because I don't. I mean, when these guys talk about the monster, or you know, uh, the Netflix shows talk about the monster, they're talking about Hulk. Like, there's mm. obviously, and yeah. you know, the the Captain, they're talking about Captain America. Like, they're making references to key characters. So maybe it's not a thing, but um, I, just me and you know my Captain chronology brain, as you like to say, <laughs> I'm starting to try and line it all up and whether it makes sense. And I know that we spoke about it in our um review or 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 discussion of the Luke Cage trailer, which is obviously many many podcasts ago and many months. Ago. Ago, but um, my thought around obviously Luke Cage comes out in in June July, you know a month two months after Infinity War hit cinemas. 
well, why is half of that world not dusted? Yeah. You know? And my thought is anything that's come out after Infinity War, until we see what Avengers 4 is, that anything we see after Infinity War is taking place in the world after they've fixed what happened, like after they've reversed the dusting or something. Or so, Ant-Man-wise, just simply pre-Infinity Just War. pre, yeah, which just is absolutely... And, and in I the think months leading up to it. I've read that about a lot of the Netflix shows too, is that they're like, you know, Daredevil came out, I think, the start of 2015, I want to say. Um, and then you had Jessica Jones at the end of 2015, and the next show was the start of 2016, then the end of 2016, that all of them are a lot closer together than what their release dates would have you believe. Yeah, with so the really, exception of... Um, Defenders, yeah, and then season two of Jessica Jones, she does mention very vaguely that it's been almost a year or something since right. Defenders, or which quite a, a long chunk of time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to say that all this is, yeah, I guess well and truly before Infinity War. So they'll never have to do it in the TV show. I think the further we go along, and the bigger the stakes get in these Avengers and MCU movies overall, get that the TV shows are just going to be left. They're going to be dusted, basically. They're, they're being forgotten about. Like, they, the crossovers and the, it's all connected BS is going to just sort of fade away and we're just going to have to accept that, yeah, they're made by the same people. It's set in the same universe, except that it's not set in the same universe. But anyway, I just yeah. thought that was a, a bit of a fun uh, little reference. A throwback, I, though. I was just going to say, the, um, the, see, the fun bits for me were the little um, kind of meta jokes that I feel like May of yeah. all people had. She had two really good ones in this. When she mentioned uh, we have a small but active fan base. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was quite nice. <laughs> and then there's a moment where they're like just, they're kind of acknowledging the absurdity of what their life has become. Mm. And they're listing off all their um, villains. And then that we, we don't great. do this. And then May's like, or dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, is it a dancing the stars jab or is that a DC musical episode jab? Yeah, right. I'm like, yeah. Because yeah. they do get along with the actors on on those shows quite yeah, well. Yeah, like, yeah. For them, it's all just, oh, we're all on a superhero show. So yeah. it's fine. But yeah, um, to me, that's just like, that's that's like a, we'll never do a musical episode. Yeah, Trust yeah, us, yeah. we're saying it now. We're never going to do a musical that, yeah, episode. Yeah, God, I hope that they wouldn't. <laughs> no, that was a fun scene when they just had their listing off, like out of order too, just all the bad guys and threats. Yeah. They've, 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 and or not even a threat, but like um, Fitz being locked at the bottom of the ocean, like just something key that happened to him. Like I just thought this is, this really sums up five years of this show and makes it sound so ridiculous that right. all of this has happened really to just these six or seven people. Yeah. In this whole entire universe. Makes you know? it sound like one of those ridiculous like 90210 OC type shows where it's just like no, all that melodrama cannot happen to one person. <laughs> yeah. Like if all that had happened to you, you'd commit yourself to insane asylum. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be able to cope with it all. Three of my friends have died in car accidents. Twice we've been held up by gunpoint, you know, and involved in a terrorist attack. And it's like, what are you? It's like Home and Away, Summer Bay. Everything happens <laughs> in Summer <laughs> Bay, mate. That's nothing tragedy. happens in Yabby Creek, mate. No, no, go there. And a <laughs> big shout out to anyone that doesn't know what the freaking hell we're talking about. <laughs> uh, throwback, Agent Piper. I don't know if that's her last name. They called her Piper, but the chick that was waiting yeah. for them at that uh, the place where the light was being emitted... Now, I like it because I don't know whether it was the start of last season or the season before, but they were in the S.H.I.E.L.D. base and she was like second under May, sort of as far as training all these up-and-coming S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And when May would leave the room, she'd come out and she's got a short haircut and she's tough and she's like, all right, cadets, blah, 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 do all this. And she's tough and she's always been in the background. And then she disappeared for a while. Sorry. One of the little people. One of the little people. Thank you. Thank you for your help, whatever your name is, you know. Now, she's been gone for a little while, obviously, because we had the framework, and she maybe she was involved in that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we had the, the LMDs and, and a lot of stuff that happened 
away from the main world of what's going on in S.H.I.E.L.D. for the first three seasons and or, you know, hell, we're in the future for the last 10 weeks. And she did actually pop up in, uh, I think I mentioned it in one of our DC TV chats. Ben and Terry aren't aware of her enough to remember her, but I think, yeah. I want to say that she was in Supergirl and she was a member of the DEO. So much the same. And honestly, it's like she walked off the S.H.I.E.L.D. set straight <laughs> onto the Supergirl set because she was playing almost exactly the same role in almost exactly the same costume. Wow. You know, she was like slightly angry lieutenant number four wearing dark black leather and then so she pops back up in this and i'm like oh that's great they're using her and she had a little bit more to do showed off a little bit more personality she wasn't so hard-nosed but then the bitch betrays them to the people first thing i wrote down f*** you piper yeah what's up man and then at the end oh sorry can i come and join your team again i was duped it's like you god like even colson who doesn't judge anyone for their mistakes is like You've made a mistake. And he yeah. looked at her like, how dare you? You should know better. I'm still waiting for her to turn again. I'm mm. waiting maybe two or three episodes down the track. I'm waiting for her to just end up being like a double agent again or something God, like I that. Don't, I don't I'm want just that. Like, I'm like, why, why, why would you set... I just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm it. ready for her to be a, a main player in the show, but I do like that she's around. I don't know. She just, you know, she's... She's not relatable, let's be honest. I can't relate to her. I, I don't know. I don't want to see her stick around, maybe. But yeah, I don't know, see her playing a main role or anything. Yeah. But that um that fight scene wasn't bad, though. Mm. Like in there, I guess May's leg is all better now. I oh, guess, yeah. I guess Time travel does that too, Yeah, mate. travel just yeah. healed it up. Yeah. All fine. She's taking down robots now. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Of course, they're bloody robots as well. Yeah. Like, they show up, they speak like people, they sound like people, they move like people, and then bang, it's like, oh, now we can actually kill things without being evil people that kill other people. Yeah, they did it in uh, the, the latest uh, Ninja Turtles uh, franchise, the one where, mm. like, Sean Austin plays, like, Raphael and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all the foot soldiers mm. are robots, so they can quite, they can, without a problem, decapitate them, yep. cut them off. Like, Donatello now has, like, a, a sword that sticks out of the end of his bow staff, <laughs> so they can just, like, have at all these, all these like, ninja. Yeah. Um, but it's fine, because they're robots. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's you can't fine. You can't kill actual creatures, because then, hey, who are you? You're yeah. not a hero. What are, what are Raphael and Leonardo going to do with their sign and their swords if they can't actually stab them? Yeah. It's like the cartoons with uh, Wolverine. He very rarely actually does anything with those claws, mm. rather than, like... Cut down a chain wire fence, or you know, yeah. that's, that's or threaten someone. That's about it. Well, you think back to one of our favourite, you know, childhood uh, superhero or comic book movies, the first Ninja Turtles, and that was, you know, quite dark when you compare it to some of the other Ninja Turtle movies, even in that same series. And Leonardo's attacking foot soldiers with those two katanas yeah and he's like whacking them like on the back and stuff but it's almost like he's either whacking them with the side of the blade or they're just sword shaped like bamboo training swords Mm. because they they never they never didn't even cut the fabric let alone like pierce the skin i'd like to go back and see them do the original turtles and they were black and white comics because they were like turtles fighting ninjas on foot on rooftops killing people like it was dark and shit so graphic we're never gonna get that it's all cowabunga 5000 but uh (laughs) oh casey you've got to remember casey jones accidentally slipped on that uh the button in the in the garbage truck (laughs) and crushes a man (laughs) yeah like i get that he's the shredder but it's like whoops it made into a comedic moment where he just crushed a guy in a garbage truck to death and then they kind of make up for that in the sequel it's like no he didn't actually get crushed it was just his helmet Okay, talk about decapitations or limbs. Uh, Yo-Yo. Now, we joked around a couple of podcasts ago about, hey, the future Yo-Yo doesn't have arms. That's like their little you know, their little reference. Or even before that where she'd been tied up and she thought she was going to lose her arms. And it's like that's them paying tribute and whatever to the comic-based character where she doesn't have arms. 
that's probably as much as they're going to do. They won't have the budget for the CGI. Well, old love chucks a uh, the deadliest frisbee I've ever seen. It's the Xena Warrior Princess. It was ring. the Xena ring. Oh my god! Well, yeah. that did just as good a work as what Xena's did. And uh, yeah, chopped off Yogo's arm, so she's armless now. And that was yeah. a particularly brutal part of this show. Like I know in the last two seasons, his brutality has stepped up, but this whole episode was just—it didn't really hit any great heights for me. It was just like, okay, cool. We're kind of like like the characters themselves. We've landed back into the story for them, 2018. Okay, well now we're just going to find our place. What's actually going on yeah, here? Yeah, we've reset. We're back to, okay, we're here now, but we need to catch up on what's going on. Yeah. In the same way they were just deposited in the first episode mm. of the season. It's yeah. like, okay, let's catch up and see what's going on. Yeah. But I was like, really? Like a 16-year-old girl who at this stage, we don't know if she's inhuman or has superpowers mm. or anything like that. She just throws a Xena ring and yeah. Yo-Yo who can move incredibly fast. Yeah. How fast would Ruby have to have thrown that for it to be able to get through like both of Yo-Yo's? Yo-Yo would have had to have both her arms out yep. and then for it to come through both at the speed that Yo-Yo's going. Mm. I'm like, I don't know if I buy that. And so far, if anything interesting happens in Yo-Yo time when she's running around so fast, we see it. Like, you know, yeah. when she disarmed the robots with their machine guns, we don't need to see that because it looks cooler if... <laughs> And then they, they, all the guns fall away. That looks cool because we're experiencing it from the bad guy's point of view and everyone else around. Yeah. But whenever she's had something to do, a mission or to get something to someone to help them succeed in every other episode, even this season, we see it in her time, in that slow speed. Yeah. In that slow motion. So the fact that we didn't get to see why, it was just kind of a bit lazy that, oh, she throws it in normal human speed as far as we can tell. Mm. But Yo-Yo, who's as quick as the Flash isn't fast enough still to get away from it or yeah. to prevent it. So Yeah, I feel like the other ways that they'd hinted at it would have been a better way yeah. to do it, like have, a, have them ripped off, have them frozen off or whatever. Mm. Would be interesting. And then Mac, bless him, wraps her in a blanket. Yeah. That's not going to stop bleeding. <laughs> no. That's, that's going to stop expensive CGI. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not going to stop your arms from bleeding out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just by wrapping a blanket around your entire body. Yeah. Doesn't work that way, guys. So I want to know what they're going to do with her arms now, you know, because of, I mean, mm. the fact that they carry around, okay, it sucks that you've lost your arm, but you're also walking away with a guy who has a, not even a prosthetic, he has a robotic arm that looks like a prosthetic in Colson. It looks like a real arm. Like we know the technology is there mm. for us to never even remember this happens until you do something with it. Like Colson, yeah. he's got a real hand for me until he creates it into a like energy shield, yeah, or uses it to track people, you know, and 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 use holograms and shit. Like I think Yo Yo is going to be okay, mm. and this show isn't going to put in the CG work to have her armless for the next couple of episodes. Yeah, they, they don't have the budget for that. No, they're not They'll probably do, do uh now you haven't seen season two of Luke Cage yet, have you? Not all of it, but I have gotten up to episode four where um uh Misty Knight does get that yeah that hand. So yeah. it could be a similar thing to that. Yeah. Where it's just like a, a stocking with some little metal bits stuck to it or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't I don't think they'll give her a full Colson hand because I think they're they're gonna play up the fact that they just don't have the resources to make it look like a human hand or yeah. human arms. Because when so Coulson did like, a little bit, shield was still a thing. Yeah, and they had resources two, and so. budget and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Now they're on the run. You know, mm. they've got the government chasing after them. They'll it'll probably just be some little makeshift. You know, Enoch will have or not Enoch was it Ephraim or whatever will have some um, some backup 
arms in storage somewhere. Yeah. Or they'll <laughs> back up arms. Yeah. So yeah. They, they will. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be something like that going on. I reckon. Well, talk about being on the run. I, I want to say it wasn't until the second time we saw military mum at the end where she. Uh, where the mask was taken off and we see there's this young girl and that for me like whether or not you buy it that shocked the shit out of me I didn't expect that to be her because I thought that scene at the start was like okay you've got an annoying daughter who's overplaying her importance in this role Mm. and in this particular scene because it's really about the mum but it wasn't until the end of the episode that I thought hang on this was the mum that that was holding fits right she was in charge of that facility and capped her to little offsiders at the end of that episode. Yeah. I'd forgotten that was her until the end of this episode. I'm like, oh my God, that's you. That's We knew you were bad back then, but it's been weeks since I watched it. And she's got this daughter and it turns out not even in a house. They've got a, a room in a yeah, facility like a dressed up like a teenager's bedroom. But then just shuts the door. It's not like she winter soldiers her and puts her back to sleep or anything. Mm. Like she is infatuated with Daisy, but why? You know, why yeah. let her stay infatuated with, with Daisy so, yeah, it's the and end of the episode. Like I said, it struggled to really grab me this entire episode until probably the last five minutes. I'm like, all right, I want to watch the next one now yeah. because you, you started to pick up a bit of momentum. And I was a little confused, actually. When I first saw it, I was like, is that uh, Dagger, as in Cloak and Dagger? The going, first time oh, we saw that- it. When she's laying down with headphones on or whatever, and I'm like, hang on, no, I haven't even watched Cloak and Dagger, but Me neither. I kind of know what the, what what she looks like. I'm like, hang on a second, yeah, is, is, that, that the, is that the same actress? Is that who this is going to be? What I have read about Cloak and Dagger is that it's the best connected MCU TV show oh, so far, which makes me even more excited to watch it because yeah. I thought it would be the least connected because it's made by I think in in America it's on Hulu or something, whereas you got you know Agent Carter and. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that were ABC, and then you've got all the other shows that are on Netflix. So they're all, all together, they exist in their own world, and they each have the same kind of subtle hint connections mm. to the MCU uh, in in the cinemas. But I thought, oh, Hulu, they're just going to, hey, well, anything Marvel we make now is kind of connected to the MCU. So whatever, we exist, but we won't see anything ever. So I'm excited to watch that, but that's exactly what I thought too. I'm like, is, is this her? Yeah. And it would have been a nice little... Not even a backdoor pilot, but like a backdoor scene. Backdoor. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but not to be. But um, yeah, she uh, she she a little bit crazy. She a little bit yeah. angry that little girl. So and she's... was that at the end? Was that her mum? Or she was her mum or the general, or whatever? Was that absorbing guy? That that Creel. They... Yeah, yeah. Is that that's him, isn't yep. it? Yeah, yeah. Crusher Creel. Crusher Creel. He's yep. the guy that like absorbs stuff. Can like take on. Their matter, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've seen like, as early as season one. I we think so, we knew yeah. that guy, and then he was obviously referenced in Daredevil as well. Like Crusher Creel was the oh, guy was that took on, um, what was his name, Murdoch, uh, whatever Matt's dad's name is. I can't remember. No, I can't remember. Murdoch Senior. But yeah, those t- it, there was a poster in the boxing gym where um uh where where Daredevil goes to train. Yeah, that says ah. Crusher. Oh, Crusher. so it wasn't actually the guy that he fought, but there was a. A poster, a poster yeah, oh, that, that nice. Creel guy, because he's a little bit older. I don't want to say that he's old enough to have fought Matt Murdock's father, but mm. that, yeah, Creel and Murdock Sr. fought each other, you yeah, know, years nice. and years ago. So just that, like, not even a tie into the cinemas, but a tie into other TV shows, which yeah. is which is kind of cool. So that's very comic y, just having something yeah, in the background perfect. just as a little tie in, I think is really, really good. I think they said that's how um, Jessica Jones was first introduced. She was actually like just a background character in a Spider-Man cartoon, uh, in a Spider-Man comic, because she went to school with Peter Parker, right, and yeah. had a crush on him. Yeah, like, and she did. She wasn't powered or anything like that. 
and it was years and years later that they took that character and turned her into the Jessica Jones we know now. Unreal. Now, like, arguably, you know, depending on who you are, the best show that Netflix have got going between yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universes. So, finally finished uh, in, since I've watched the last S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, Jessica Jones uh, Season 2 as well. Actually... I quite enjoyed it. Did I, you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, mm. as much as season one. I found myself questioning that yesterday. I was breaking it down with uh, Ben and Terry, who do DC TV chats uh, here on Get Into Geek, and I, I definitely prefer the. I, I know I won't go into many spoilers in case anyone else hasn't finished. It's been out for months, and hopefully you're not as bad as me. But mm. I think I definitely preferred the villain in season one. I thought yes. David Tennant was great, and when you really think about it, arguably the most powerful villain in the entire MCU. I think so. That's like a. Um, Professor Xavier level yeah. um, villain. Like, I want to see him go up against Thanos and be like, give me the gauntlet. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I, I, I got a little bit sick of this. Not this is becoming a Jessica Jones set, but just quickly, because we haven't had the chance to discuss it and why Why should we do it now? It's months old. Um, we'll just get together for Iron Fist season two. Hey, no. hey, hey. No fist. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I actually ended up Really like it was a slow start. Those first two episodes were a real struggle to get mm. through uh, individually. I could no way binge them, but um, after that, I actually really got into the show. I quite liked it. Yeah. So um, and they're already shooting season three. So oh wow. Yeah, bang up, uh, bang up for that. So God, so much, so much Marvel going on. Yeah. What we need to do, Maddie. I know we're going to be. We we also discuss gifted as well in a separate podcast. Still here on the Geek Channel. We do DC TV with Ben. And when I say we, I mean me. So with Ben and Terry. We should just do a Marvel TV. It's just come in. We're talking about Gifted and Shield in the same one. Why separate it with podcasts? But that's how we started. That's how we're going to continue. Mm. And uh, we will continue our Shield chats next week. Segway uh, with uh, episode 12 of uh, season 5 episode of Shield. Episode 100. Oh, shit. And who's, is, is someone special directing this? Is this like a Clark Gregg directed no, episode? I don't no, I think so. Wow, episode 100. I didn't know that. All right. I'll watch yeah, it with those real glasses deal. now. Okay, cool. The real deal. I just wish Deke wasn't back. I just have to say that before we go. Oh, yeah. We didn't I'm really so touch on him. I'm so annoyed that he's back. I was so, I'm was. i so over him. Yeah. I don't want him to be back. Yeah, I got over the him. The Zima moment was fun. Him really enjoying Zima. Yeah. Funny. Yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise I'm like, oh, he's such a douche. Yeah. Uh, I, I did like the moments actually, not even really with him, but the the team themselves being back in the world and actually appreciating it. Like, yeah, there was that scene when they first walked out and they looked at the sky and they saw blue sky, they saw trees, and they saw a bird flying. And for me, even and to though, feel like, the sun on their skin, yeah, I live in this world. There is blue skies, there's sun, there's trees, there's birds or whatever. I watch a lot of other shows that have all that in it. But I think in that particular moment, I was really sucked into the show, and I, it was. It was face acting. They didn't, none of them said mm. anything. You did, especially with uh, Ming Na Wen. She was fantastic. She's just, great. just her subtle smile and the way that her eyes smile as well. Just looking at the sky, going, "Wow, how good is this? It's beautiful. Yeah. So great to be back. Never thought we'd see it again. We don't take this for granted or whatever." I just thought it was a really, really nice. It moment. Takes me back to the um, early seasons of The Walking Dead when I still was really into it. Mm. And there's a moment that I'll never forget. I think it's the start of season two, and they're walking along the highway, and they're, you know, they're in. And they stumble across a water truck. Yeah. And Daryl kind of just like lops the end off one yeah. of them and just lets the water pour over his face. Yeah. And just to him, that's the most luxurious thing he could possibly do in that moment is to just take a moment, close his eyes and let that water kind of yeah. wash over his face. And to me, that's the best part of what shows like these do is they kind of just, they show you those things that we take for granted on a daily basis mm. um, and sort of spin them on their head and mm. I really that stuff stays with me yeah moments I guess like 
you can watch this show and go, oh, all this crazy shit happens. Like, I'm in a world where supernatural and sci-fi and superheroes, whatever, all exist. But what's it really like to be in this world? Mm. And so for those characters, they've been gone for a month, two months, whatever. And they come back and they see a blue sky for the first time and you really feel that. Or Daryl, like, that water would have been really precious for probably the next couple of weeks or months. But he's like, no, 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 I'm never going to get this luxury again. And all of them, that we've spoken about don't involve dialogue. No. Just really puts you in that world. Just, yeah, which makes is, you live in the moment. So those little moments that really sort of tie you in and make it feel, you know, realistic. Less is more in a way. Mm. So cool. You're listening, and, DC? <laughs> and enough of the musical episodes. <laughs> we've had it! Except for Ben. He loves it. I can't, we've had it! I can't wait to show you guys the Buffy musical episode and just see how you land on it because that's actually a really good episode. Okay, well... Challenge accepted, eventually. <laughs> we'll be back to our next podcast to talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 12. In the meantime, all of our old S.H.I.E.L.D. chats, gifted chats, DC TV chats, if you're not Maddie, or our, our movie reviews, trailer talks, whatever we can think of, we're here talking about on Get Into Geek. Uh, find us on the socials, Get Into Geek, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Myself, Mitch underscore Lewis, on Twitter and Instagram. Maddie. Uh, at High Pitch Maddie on the stuff. And I'll catch you next week. Bye. Talking stuff. Get into geek.com.